Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Thank you, Jesus. Well, we've been in a series called Power from on High, taking a look at the, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. And uh, if you've missed any of, the, any of the services since we started, you can always check out the podcast. The, the uh, sermon series are available there. But we're going to continue on tonight in the Holy Spirit baptism, taking a look at the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and uh, the power that, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? Amen. How many of you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life or want more? Amen. You, you can't survive without the Holy Spirit working in your life. That's, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Pentecost is more than just a feast. It's more than just a Sunday. We celebrate once a year. Pentecost is the person of the Holy Spirit in our life. We need the fullness. Everybody say fullness fullness of the Holy Spirit in our life. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1 says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, everybody say fully come. You need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled. All filled. Filled. Say filled. Filled. They were all filled. Filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Lord, give us ears to hear. Fill us with the Holy Ghost. Overflowing, Lord, fill our church to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to take a look at tonight a couple of things. One, some common misconceptions as it relates to the Holy Spirit. Some things that maybe we've misunderstood or Maybe we've heard and, and taken wrongly, whatever the case might be. But number one, the first misconception I want to take a look at is, is when we are to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. As If we look throughout Scripture, we see the, the apostles connecting, always preaching and teaching salvation and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They went hand in hand. Have you received since you believed? And so we know that we look at Jesus' ministry, and Jesus emphasized the baptism in the Holy Spirit to his followers. In Luke 24, he said, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. There was urgency in Jesus' teaching to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you've received the power of the Holy Spirit, until you've received the promise of the Father. He reiterated this in Acts 1-4. He commanded them not to depart Jerusalem. 
Yeah, this, these disciples had been with him for his ministry, the entirety of his ministry. They had seen the miracles. They had seen the supernatural ministry. And yet Jesus emphasized, commanded them, don't leave until you receive the promise of the Father. If Jesus is telling you, don't leave the city until you receive, guess what? It's probably pretty important. So there was a strong emphasis from Jesus on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And then we see throughout the New Testament this, this emphasis of the teaching of the baptism and the Holy Spirit continuing even after the, the salvation. In Acts 2, 38-39, the day of Pentecost had happened. Peter is preaching and Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Be born again. And you can receive. There is, there is more than salvation available to you. Salvation is only the beginning. Amen. Salvation is only the beginning. There is more to receive. There's more in God than just salvation. Salvation is enough. You can get to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can't get to heaven without salvation. But you can get to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But why on earth would you not want to be? Why would you not want the fullness of what God has offered for you and I? If it's in the Bible, I think I want it. If it's a promise, I think I want it. If the Father made a promise with the Son that said that they need this, I think I want what the Father has promised. I think I want to receive everything that the Father has made available, every blessing. And so that's what Peter taught. He said, this promise is to you and to your children and all those who are far, are far off and as many as the Lord our God will call. This promise is available to you and to your children. This, this promise, everybody say this promise. this promise. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is available to you. In Acts chapter 8, verse 14, it says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John. Philip was in Samaria preaching. There were great signs and wonders. A revival was taking place. And so they sent the, the Jerusalem leadership of the church, sent Peter and John to Samaria to say, hey, there's more. You're seeing signs. Demons are being cast out. People are being healed, delivered, set free. Great things are happening. But guess what? There's more. There's more available. And so they sent Peter and John down into the middle of the revival, all that was taking place. And verse 15 of Acts 8 says, Who, when they came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They had, they had repented, they had been born again, and they had been baptized in water, but they had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then they, Peter and John, laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48, it says, While Peter was still, this is at Cornelius' house. Remember, Cornelius had invited Peter to come. He was a Gentile. Cornelius was, was, a, was not Jewish. He was the Gentile. And this had not, what had taken place in Acts 10 had not ever happened. This was a new experience that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, we pick the story up. While Peter was still preaching, he was speaking, proclaiming about Christ, his death and resurrection. While he was still speaking, it was while the pastor was still preaching. This isn't allowed in churches today. While the Holy Spirit was, 
While he was still preaching, the Holy Spirit fell on those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, meaning the Jewish folks were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Just as we have. In verse 48, And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, and they asked him to stay a few more days. So we... We often think, well, you've, there's an there's a order, there's a protocol that has to happen in order for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's a common misconception. These folks at Cornelius' house hadn't even made public confession of their faith yet. They hadn't even, they hadn't even been, baptized, been baptized in water. And here they are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit into the Holy Spirit. And so that's, we believe and, and preach and proclaim that once you have been born again, there is a baptism, there is an immersion into the Holy Spirit that is available for you. Second misconception is why we received. You know, why are we receiving the, the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Well, Acts 1.8 tells us very clearly that we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit to be what? Witnesses. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my what? Witnesses. To be witnesses. And so the Holy Spirit, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not about just goosebump feelings. Right? Or just falling on the floor or laughing. There is power and, and purpose connected with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's power to be witnesses. That is the primary function of the power of the Holy Ghost in our life. Is to be witnesses. It's not just to live a better life or to be an overcomer or you know whatever the case is. It's to be a witness. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? To be a witness. There's a lost and dying world out there that needs the power of God in their life. Amen. So we don't just preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit for just goosebumps and good feelings and to have a good church service. It's power to be witnesses. Power to be witnesses. Say, be a witness. Do you, have, do you know someone that's lost? Do you know somebody that doesn't know Christ? Power. Power to speak words of life. Power and unction to know what to say and when to say and how to say it. Power so that when you speak, speak, speak truth, it hits. It's not just a random word. It's truth that penetrates and hits them. Penetrates their heart. Penetrates the darkness that's, in, that's surrounding their heart. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Power to be a witness. You know, it's funny. You know, this one of the things, many of you are familiar that um, you know, I've started doing life coaching and really getting the word out about coaching and such. And it's funny because um, it, it throws me right in the middle of a, of a secular arena. Most, most people that are doing coaching are not, as a matter of fact, the people that I, I work with have no clue what to do with me. A pastor doing coaching? Like, they have no clue what to do with me. They're, you know, how, do, how does that work? Well, are you going to preach at people? They want to know. Am I going to preach at people and throw scripture at them? Or, you know, how does that work? It's so funny. And, you know, I, today I had a client that I met with today. And it's so funny. I'm, again, right in the middle. Right in the middle of a secular world. This is good connection, you know. The lady 
that I'm meeting with reads my bio. She finds out that I'm a pastor, my background, and, and she told me, she said, I almost canceled it and said, I don't think this is going to work because, you know, you're a pastor, you, you've got this spiritual background, and, and I just want you to know I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic, I'm an atheist, whatever you want to call it, but I don't believe in God. I said, that's okay. Doesn't mean we still can't be friends. <laughs> and so I'm right, right in the middle and, and able to have, a, have not just a, a, a relationship, but she's now given me a platform to speak into her life. I now have an opportunity to speak into her life, and I don't have to come and beat her upside the head with, well, you're going to hell because you're not born again. Guess what the topic of conversation was? She wanted to find happiness in life. I, guess what? I, I know where to find happiness in life. I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty well acquainted with that one. And so I, I can begin to speak. God's put me in this place where I can speak into her life. And I have to have the power the whole way I'm there. I'm praying, Lord, give me the words to say. Give me the right questions to ask. Help me to walk this down the path without having to say the wrong thing. But let me speak the wisdom and truth in the right time, in the right way that will penetrate her heart. Each of us have those encounters. Each of, those, each of us have people in our lives that are strategically placed there by God. They're not accidents. They're placed there by God You've got power on the inside of you. What are you doing with it? Are you just letting it just sit on idle? Are you just, are you just letting the power just idle in your life? You know, you can have a car started and just idle and never go anywhere. Or are you engaging with the power of God that's resident on the inside of you and being a witness? That's the power, the purpose, why we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You know, tongues is... Uh, speaking in tongues is awesome. It's a, it's a heavenly language. It's beautiful heavenly language. And we need to pray in tongues. And we need to develop this heavenly language of tongues. But oftentimes in church we disconnect, again, tongues from the purpose. There's a purpose behind the tongues. There's a purpose behind the power. Isaiah 28, Isaiah prophesied, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. This is rest. Praying in the Spirit is, a, is entering in. Hebrews talks about this heavenly rest that is for you and I as believers. Praying in the Spirit is stepping into this heavenly rest. We're ceasing from our carnal works and stepping in to a supernatural rest. Operating from the power of God. Operating from the presence and power of God in our life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Number three, another misconception is where we're to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever been taught or under the, under the belief that you can only be baptized in the Holy Spirit when it's one of those red-hot Holy Ghost camp meeting kind of services where the preaching's hot about hell and the Holy Ghost and you gotta, the pastor's got to lay hands on you, mess your hair up and get oil all over your face. You've got to jerk around and shake around enough and then you'll get baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's, that's a common misconception, and especially even in our culture, that in the church world, we've created that it's, it, the service has got to be one of those foot-stomping, good old, old school, whatever. we got to sing the right hymn enough times, and then everybody will. Have you ever been in a service like that? I, I, I'll never forget, I was in a service, it's been a few years ago, but I was in a service, and the, church, the service was 
dead. I mean, you, could, you would have thought you were in a mortuary. It was so dead. And then all of a sudden, they start singing everybody's favorite hymn, and you would have thought somebody turned a light switch on, the, the whatever, we're going to be spiritual now light switch. Because everybody jumps up out of their seat. They start marching around the building. It's like, what just happened here? We've been singing worship songs for 30 minutes, and now they, they're wrapping up with your favorite hymn, and now you get up and worship? See, we've, we've programmed ourselves to think that it's got to be a formula to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We try to put formulas and mechanics on God. That's not how the baptism in the Holy Spirit operates. You can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the Holy Spirit anytime. At home, on the golf course, at work, driving down the road. You don't have to be, it doesn't even have to be Pentecost Sunday. You can receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit whenever you would like to. Just step in. It's a gift. Just step in and receive it. Amen. In Acts chapter 2, they were in a public feast and there was thousands of people around. In Acts chapter 10, they were at Cornelius' house and the house was packed. In Acts chapter 8, they were at a gathering of believers. In Acts chapter 9, Saul was at Ananias' house when he received. In Acts 19, they were in the synagogue. So there is no set protocol here. Just receive. The number, uh, number four misconception, who can receive? Let me emphasize this. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus is the baptizer, not you. And so if you are ministering to someone and helping them, or maybe yourself, receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it is Jesus' job to do the baptizing. Your job is to speak truth and encourage the receiving. Amen? How do we help people receive? Encourage them to seek Jesus, the baptizer. They need to have a conversation with Jesus, the baptizer. The question that I have for you is, do you have the faith that Jesus wants to baptize you? Do you have the faith that Jesus wants to baptize them? You know, as we, on Sunday, you know, we're going to be taking time to pray with folks to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and we do this regularly. But as you're ministering to people in your small group or at service, whatever the case might be, do you have the faith that Jesus wants to baptize them? Are you going into the ministry situation saying, ah, well, it might happen, it might not? Well, it may be. Jesus wants to, I guess it might. Jesus wants to. That's his heavenly ministry. That is his heavenly ministry. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So let's come into agreement with him. Let's have faith that what he said he wants to do and what he's doing on a regular basis is going to happen. When we, when we minister to people. You know, when I, when I come into a situation where I'm ministering to people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I don't go into that, into that ministry opportunity saying, well, they probably got this in their life and this in their life. Well, do they have this right? And Let's go down the checklist. It's getting quiet in here. Well, that's not how we minister to people. We don't, we don't come up and, and, and minister to people in our small groups or at the altar and life. Say, well, let's go down the checklist. Do you have this done? you have this done? No. Are you born again? Then you qualify. Have you received Christ as your Savior? Then you qualify to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Well, what if they have unforgiveness in their life? Well, what if they have this? Well, the Holy Spirit is pretty good at making those things obvious. He's pretty good at guiding us into all truth. So let's just allow him to do that. Let's allow Jesus to do what he does. 
Amen? And let's just be, let's be people of faith who come into agreement with those who want to receive. So how do we help others receive? Well, number one, we need to set the right atmosphere. We speak truth. We need to set the right atmosphere when we're helping people receive. Come here. Setting the right atmosphere is not doing <laughs> one of these. Come on, receive, receive, <laughs> receive. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to break your nose. <laughs> Uh, you know, I've seen that so many times. People, well, you got to do this. You got to shake your hands. You got to do, you know, all these forms. That's not setting the right atmosphere. How many of you think you could receive if somebody was hitting you in the face, smacking you upside the head? Do you think you could receive? I don't think so. I, could, I might punch you back. I don't know that I could receive. I might get carnal. I might hit you. I definitely am not going to receive. So setting the right atmosphere is speaking the truth in love. It's pointing people to Jesus. Taking the pressure off, low pressure, high faith. Low pressure, high faith. Don't we, we're creating an environment for people to receive. There is, no, there is no expectation for them other than to receive. Our expectation is in God. Our faith is in Him. He is the baptizer. He is the one that will fill them. He is the one that will satisfy them. Not what I do or don't do. When the fruits of the Spirit are in operation by the minister, it will foster an environment where the gifts of the Spirit can be received. When you and I as ministers of the house begin to operate in the fruits of the Spirit, i.e. self-control, how many of you get excited when the Holy Spirit starts moving? Absolutely. I do. I, get, I love it. I love to see the Holy Spirit touch people. I love to see God minister to people. But it's not all about me. There are times where I feel such an unction. There are times in service where I feel such a download of the anointing. I could walk through and I, I feel like there's just a, a fire burning on the inside of me that I just want to lay hands on everything that breathes in, in the sanctuary. I mean, I, I'm serious. There, there are times I feel like I'll explode if I don't allow what God is pouring into me out. I feel like my body's just going to... But I also have to exercise a little bit of self-control and realize that if I start going through and laying hands on everything that breathes in the room, that might not go over real well. It might offend more than attract. It might cause confusion or strife or chaos. It may not be in godly order. I have to exercise self-control and hear what is God directing me to do in this. He's downloading, but this download might be for one or two people right? It might not be the right time now. It might happen later on. And so you have to exercise a little bit of self-control when you're creating the environment, operating in love. What's best for the person that I'm ministering to? I might see that they need to get to point Z and I want to push them there, but they're only able to walk A, B, and C while I'm with them in that moment. And so what am, I, what am I going to do when I'm operating in love, ministering to someone, and exercising self-control? I'm going to walk A, B, C with them. And if, they, if we can maybe get them to D, then we'll go to D. But I'm not going to push them. I'm not going to preach at them and tell them how horrible they are because they only stepped three steps when God wants them to walk to Z. They have the rest of their life to walk that journey. Who am I to be the Holy Ghost? 
I'm just going to come alongside and be love and walk with them and encourage them and speak truth and encouragement and support and allow God to do what he wants to do. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? Amen. Speak words of faith, not discouragement. Encourage them. Edify them. Comfort them. Don't tear them down. Well, you're just not going to receive today because just, you just don't have your, your receiver on. You're so stupid. I can't believe you can't figure this out. I can't believe you're not getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're never going to make it. I'm so sorry. You're a horrible Christian. Someday, maybe you'll get it. Someday, maybe you'll get breakthrough. They hear, they're probably have already told themselves all of those things already. Right? They've probably already heard that in their own brain. Their fear is already speaking and rocking and rolling. And so we need to come alongside and speak faith. Hey, this gift is for you. The pro- this is a promise for you. You can receive. The Bible does say that you can receive. Just keep seeking. At some point, you're going to have breakthrough. You just keep seeking. God's going to change you. He's working in you. He's shaping you. He's molding you. He's taking you from glory to glory to glory. You keep pressing in. Keep seeking God. God's got more for you. And really, that's the end of all things anyway seeking him and so at some point if you just keep seeking guess what you're going to get something and then we draw near to Jesus we encourage them to draw near to Jesus we draw near to Jesus with them together Acts 2.33 says having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he poured out this which you now see and hear Jesus is baptizing people in the Holy Ghost draw near to Jesus Acts 2.11, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. Worship God. Draw near to Jesus. In Acts 10.44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. Draw near and he will fill. Draw near to Jesus and he will baptize. Press in. Draw near. Worship. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm preaching to somebody. Press in. Don't be lazy. You know, sometimes as you minister, maybe even in your own life, you get lazy. Well, I'm comfortable. I don't, I don't want to draw near. Well, if you intend to receive, you have to draw near. You have to get outside of your comfort zone. You have to get outside of complacency. You have to get outside of laziness. You've got to take a big step outside of your laziness and say, I'm going to worship God in spite of how I feel. I'm going to worship God in spite of how my physical body feels. Some of you tonight, you can knock on your brain right there in front of you and say, I'm going to worship God despite how I feel right now. Your body might be tired, but I'm going to worship God in spite of that. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. The Holy Spirit comes on those who are seeking. Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Ask, seek, knock. Speak truth. Ask, seek, knock. How do you help someone receive? Ask. One of the first things I usually help people how to understand how to receive. is I'll say, okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's, first, let's take the pressure off. Especially if I see one, someone striving, struggling, they're just really trying to work it up, you know? You ever seen that spiritual constipated face where they're just really trying to work it up? Yeah. It's a good sign that they just need a Holy Ghost laxative. Just calm down. It's going to be okay. 
going to be okay. Stop striving. It's time to enter into his rest. Time to enter into his rest. And I'll say that, hey, look at me for a second. Just take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. Jesus is the baptizer. He wants you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit more than you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I promise. He wants you to be absolutely saturated, satiated. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to ask. It's really that easy. We're just going to take a deep breath and we're just going to ask, Jesus, will you baptize me in the Holy Spirit? You know what? The, I, I have done that probably hundreds of times with people. And I've, I've seen something really supernatural happen. About 90% of the time when people do that, before they can finish, Jesus baptized me in the Holy Spirit, or shortly thereafter, they're speaking in tongues. It's really that simple. Because it has, it take, take the pressure off. They just need to receive. They just need to receive. So encourage people to ask, to seek, to knock. If, you're, if you've not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, apply this to your own self. Ask, seek, knock. It's not, you know... If people are looking for the experience, if they're looking for the manifestation, falling on the floor, the goosebumps, the whatever, stop. Just stop. You don't. You might get goosebumps. You might end up on the floor. You might laugh. You might cry. But that's not the focus. The focus is receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. You want Jesus to come and to fill you with his presence. That's the focus, right? To be immersed in the baptism, be immersed in, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so you don't have to strive over the feeling or the manifestation. Just receive. At some point, the feeling will come. At some point, the awareness of the presence of the Lord will come. It's inevitable. But that's not the focus. Amen? And then fourthly, you've got to yield your voice. Encourage them to yield their voice to God. God is not going to come down. The Holy Ghost is not going to come down. Grab your tongue, jerk it out of your head, and start wiggling it around. That's not tongues. Oh, that's not tongues. You yield your voice. You become a mouthpiece. If you look at Scripture in Acts 2, 4, it says, And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, gave them the ability. Acts 19, 6, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. The Holy Spirit enables you, gives you the words, gives you the utterance, gives you the ability, but it is your mouth and your tongue that are doing the work. So it's just like preaching. It's like proclaiming the gospel or prophesying under the unction of the Holy Spirit. You yield your voice. He gives you the words and the inspiration of things to say, but it's your voice. You don't go into this automatic trance thing where the Holy Spirit just takes over. Eventually, as you begin to pray in tongues more and this language develops and the baptism in the Holy Spirit deepens in your life, it becomes more natural. Becomes, it's like speaking another language, like a second language. Tongues becomes a second language. It's very natural. It flows very fluidly in your life. It, it's, you can easily step in and out of praying in the Spirit or singing in the Spirit. It becomes very fluid. But for people who are just receiving and they have this idea that all of a sudden something's going to happen, there's going to be a flash of lightning or some, some supernatural experience, they're going to be taken into a third dimension somehow and the Holy Spirit's going to come. That's not how that happens. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and begins to give you the words to speak. Psalm 81.10 says, open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. 
They've got to open up their mouth. They've got to begin to speak. You know, sometimes I tell people, just begin to say Jesus. Say the name Jesus. Just hallelujah. Jesus, just begin to open up your mouth and speak out the, the uh, words of worship, songs of worship. Just begin to speak out. Get, your, get accustomed to hearing yourself. For many people, they're not used to hearing themselves speak out loud. So just encourage, just begin to open up your mouth and begin to speak out loud. Uh, and, you know, I love you, Jesus. You know, for a lot of men, that's a first for them to say out loud, I love anybody. You know, so get them to say, I love you, Jesus, is like deliverance, one-on-one. You know, so just start there, very simple. Start hearing yourself talk out loud and worship the Lord. And then as that develops and they learn to yield, they relax and learn to yield their voice and the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they begin to speak out. And oftentimes, you know, I'll tell people, it sounds like baby gibberish in your head. You're, if you're very logical, you're trying to figure this out, which you're not going to, so don't try. But if you feel like you've got to figure it out in your head, it's going to sound like total baby gibberish. Well, how many of you have ever taken Spanish or French or some language class, and you remember those first words that you learned, you thought, what on earth am I saying? This sounds so weird. That's why it's called a foreign language, <laughs> right? It is foreign to us. We, we're not comfortable with it. It's, it's, not, it's not second nature to us yet. And so any language that you learn is going to be foreign. It's going to sound like gibberish until you get familiar with it. The same is true with tongues. It's a foreign language. It's unknown. And so as you learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, it might take a little bit to get accustomed to the fact that, one, you're praying a foreign language, and secondly, it's not inspired by man, but by the Holy Spirit. Your brain is not working, and your spirit man is. It takes a little bit of getting used to if you've never done that before. But then as you become more familiar and flow with the Holy Spirit in your life, it becomes more natural. And if you find people, like I said, that are, are confused or, you know, they don't seem to be receiving, allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate things. Sometimes there is unforgiveness. Sometimes there's doubt in their heart. Sometimes they're uncertain if, if they're able to receive. Maybe they don't feel like they're good enough to receive. Well, this gift is not based on your works. Just like salvation is not based on your works, the baptism in the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with how good or horrible you are. You're rotten. Your righteousness is rotten. The only reason that you're able to receive this gift is because Jesus is the baptizer, and he who is baptizing is also your justifier. He's the one that's saying, you justified, not because of your works, but because of what I did. You can have the promise of the Father because I did my part. Jesus did my part. So receive. And then, of course, we know that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not just a one-time occurrence. This is, there is a continual inpouring of the Holy Spirit that must take place. Be being filled, Ephesians 5.18. We have to continually be filled. Even if you've been, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit 50 years ago, thank the Lord, keep receiving. Have you received lately? Have you been, been baptized anew lately? How fresh is that experience in your life? How current is that experience in your life? Is it something that happened a long time ago or five years ago? Or is it fresh? Is there fluidness to your, to your baptism, your immersion? Is it free-flowing? Are you uh, praying in tongues fluidly? Or has it gotten crusty and cranky? 
Have you gotten crusty and cranky? Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go. We rely on the Holy Spirit because he will guide us into all truth. John 16, 14, he will glorify me. He will take what is mine and reveal it to you. So praying in the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, opens up all of the, the, the heavenly realm, all that is Christ, all that is available to us, is opened up by the person of the Holy Spirit. So we have to learn to live a life with the Holy Spirit. Not just a one-time occurrence. Amen? Let me wrap up with this. I remember when I first got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was um, was probably about eight years old or so. It was at a kid's camp. And... uh, I remember when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was, I was standing around the altar. I could take you to this, the place where I was standing today, Lake Williamson Christian Center, Harlanville, Illinois, the Assemblies of God Youth Camp. I take you to this day right where I was at when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I remember that the fire of God, I, I could feel his presence, you know, you, and I'm not talking about some third dimension experience I'm just talking that the, there was an awareness a realness to the presence of God that came upon me it wasn't some hocus pocus spooky thing it was just the tangible reality of his presence that came on me in a in a very very real way and I remember that it sounded it was like baby words gibberish in my head I thought what in the world but the guy on the stage is saying, speak that out. I was a kid. Speak that out. As you hear that, you begin to speak it out. That's the Holy Spirit giving you the words to say. Begin to engage with that. Speak it out. And it will increase. The more that you yield, the more that you give vent to that and open up your mouth, that language and the Holy Spirit will increase that as you do. So I did. I mean, I didn't know. I just did. The guy on the stage said, do it. So I did it. And it increased. It did increase. And I remember it increasing and increasing. And over time, it, it just, it was like a bubbling on the inside of me. It was just would not stop, just kept increasing. Since then, I, you know, that's been one experience of many of receiving and, and constantly, continually receiving more of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's each one of us. Every one of us need to keep on receiving. There's more for you than what you've experienced so far. There's more, there's more. And I want to encourage you to, to come alongside. There are people in our church that have not received, maybe there's some here tonight, that have not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you. It's a precious gift, precious gift of God for you that you need to know and experience for yourself on an ongoing basis. Amen? Let's, let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the baptism in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lord, I, I can walk. I can walk. Lord, in the fullness, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I can walk in the fullness, in the baptism, in the immersion, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Power. Kibramaso, Breyama, Tebriade, Isialamata.
Hallelujah. Come on. Just begin to, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just lift up your voice. You know, you don't need, you don't need my instruction in this. You know this. You're the, y'all have been around. You know this. Just lift your voice. In the Holy Ghost, if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, just begin to sing out, pray out in the Spirit. If you're not, this gift is for you. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.